Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Golden Astrologer Podcast. This is Deb McBride, and I am broadcasting from lovely Escazú, Costa Rica, on Sunday, the 31st of July in the year 2022. And we have lots of things going on, as evidenced from the discussions all week on my Instagram and last week's podcast. But the moment that we are having right now is that Mars and Uranus are about to conjunct. And that exact conjunction is coming tomorrow, Monday, August 1st, Eastern Time, 7.53 p.m., which is 5.53 my time. So we talked about this last week. I talked about this last week. It's been part of the dialogue all week that people have been having in the astrological world. And it's very powerful. It's at 18 degrees of Taurus, where Uranus has been stopped and will be continued to be until... October 12th, if you remember, I said that a few weeks ago. And it is an interesting, interesting thing because it's it's been happening and getting revved up while we are experiencing other stuff. Like we had the new moon in Leo the other day and Jupiter went retrograde. And yesterday was Mercury opposite Saturn, a little, a little crit- critical, you know. And one of the things that's important about this. It's one of the most important aspects of the year. And it's because Uranus is stationed. I mean, it's stationed before it was stationing, really. And what that means is it's staying in one place, in one position in the zodiac at one degree, not moving anywhere until it retrogrades at the end of August. And then it's still at the same degree. So it's not going anywhere. Uranus isn't going anywhere. And in typical Taurus tradition, Taurus is very solid and earthy and Taurus does not necessarily want to go anywhere. So it's interesting that Uranus is stopped like this in Taurus, but Mars coming along nudges Uranus and nudges the whole sign of Taurus and nudges the whole thing. Now, uh, (laughs) this is an interesting dynamic because on the one hand, we're feeling it already. It's happening. It's already happening. And what you may be taking action towards in your life, depending on what you've been busy and up to in these last few days, are probably things and situations that have a lot to do with Mars and Uranus and Taurus. For example, me, I'm working on career stuff right now, and it's all at my midheaven, which is the very top of the chart. And you know, next to the the 10th house, which is reputation and career and vocation. And so I'm like working on things and focusing on things and deciding what to do next, et cetera, et cetera. So this is where you give things a push. And so for me, Mars is going to be up there for a long time with retrograde and everything. And so, yes, it's, you know, that area of my life is going to get a push. And I expect to be working on this kind of stuff for a while. It makes sense. But I'm steadily doing this. And that's what we do with planets in Taurus. We act steadily. We are methodical. We are consistent. We are committed. And one of the things that's so important about this is that Taurus, in order, you know, it's very earthy. It's very tangible. It's, um, you can taste it. And so Mars and Uranus are asking us to do something very tangible. So we're working. We're focusing. It's, it's, it's a very tangible area of the zodiac. And then there's the ethereal quality of an outer planet, such as Uranus, which is metaphorical, archetypal, like you start to see things in the world that represent these two 
qualities coming together. Mars, courage, assertiveness, red, uh, war, or, or just, you know, the masculine, the warrior with Uranus, which is the surprise, the unexpected, the chaos, and the genius, the brilliance, the unconventional, the revolutionary. And so we are looking at those two qualities coming together in a very conservative-oriented sign, a very tangible, earthbound sign. And so we can watch something maybe that will happen in the world that could be very representative of that, such as, you know, something in the in the stratosphere, in the galaxy, maybe, oh, there's like meteor showers or something, or, you know, something very physical. And it, but the thing is, there are things in each of our lives that may, could surprise us as a, as a, you know, a, a theme of Mars and Uranus. So there's a few things that came out in the last few days for me that, were surprises, you know, not huge surprises, small surprises. Oh, look at that. Oh, look at this. Oh, how about that? Didn't expect that. And, you know, they are not ones to like, it's not like a big, oh my God, I can't believe it. I have to go lie down. <laughs> um, but it's one of those things that we would tend to think I didn't expect that. Well, that's, that's kooky. It isn't something that altered things dramatically. However, Mars and Uranus have the power to alter things dramatically. Now, maybe if you are someone who deeply needs a wake-up call, you are going to get something that alters things dramatically. Or maybe you're someone who is working diligently on everything and has all their bases covered, and maybe things will just be like a little bump, like a speed bump. Okay, but maybe you are not expecting something that comes out of the blue and that could be Uranus. So I dare not suggest to you what this could be <laughs> because each person is going to experience it differently. I can say this, if you're working with risky energies, like you want to take a risk, you want to jump in, dive in to something. Well then, yeah, you know, that's Mars Uranus energy. And that's what you should be doing. Uh, pushing yourself forward in a way that is getting yourself out there, getting your work out there. Um, stepping up and blindly challenging yourself maybe. Or, you know what, I'm going to see if I can do this. Well, let me reach out to this person. I wonder if they'd be interested in what I'm working on. Maybe they'll want to work with me, etc. These kinds of things can also be Mars Uranus. But there is an element of the unexpected. And so I expect the heat to flow, Mars, with Uranus, kind of explosive. And I don't necessarily think we're all going to get something blown up in our faces. And why am I focusing on this? Doesn't this aspect happen often? Yeah, it happens every couple of years. Um, the last time this happened was probably January, February 2021. So this is like a year and a half. And that was after Mars had been retrograde in Aries. So this is something new. And I don't expect it to be a rerun of what happened in January, February of um, 2021. But 
if you are a Mars Uranus person and you have Mars and Uranus together in your chart, I bet you're going to get something because this is what's we, what we call in astrology a recurrence. And so if you are a Mars Uranus person, you'll probably feel this. I'm a Mars Uranus person in a weird way. It's an aspect that's not direct like a conjunction. I advise people to be careful. Like, you know, don't get into an accident. Don't Like an accident can happen in a second. That's another Mars Uranus thing. I slipped on the kitchen floor. I didn't even know it was slippery. That kind of thing. You know, don't, don't imagine that. Don't even put that in your field. Okay, just be aware and stay methodical methodical Taurus in your movements. And the thing is, I am hoping for happy surprises or happy movements. And this is something that can really help us accelerate our life forward and have an epiphany and have a realization and have something. Now, why am I harping on this? The North Node is with this. And the North Node is all about all about taking your true north direction, going in the direction of fulfillment and not getting caught up in the south node, which is where old habits die hard. Staying true to the north node, true to what's fulfilling and not necessarily instant gratification, which is more the south node. You know, you may need an answer on something. Maybe you're waiting on, you know, to hear about your mortgage. Did you get approved? Um, Maybe you're waiting to hear, you know, something uh, about your medical test or your anything about your promotion, anything. And you're like waiting on this and it's not coming yet. Just, just move with the energy, go with the flow and don't allow yourself to get caught up in the drama, which could be the South node. Okay. So we're looking at taking a step forward. What fulfills us? What is fulfilling? Where do we go with fulfillment and appreciating and having gratitude for the things we have in our life and the beauty that's Taurus ruled by Venus and the nature that is available to us. Okay. Now Venus rules Taurus. Venus is the ruler of Taurus and Venus is in the sign of cancer, another sign of beauty. And actually, interestingly enough, Venus is talking to both Mars and Uranus on Tuesday, the second. So they're making a sextile to one another. That's a very smooth flowing opportunity aspect. And I find it very interesting that Venus, who is ruling the place where all of these things are gathering, Venus is talking to both of those planets. So this is very interesting. Maybe someone is going to uh, show up in your life surprise, maybe, you know, a friend, maybe an old friend you haven't heard from it, anything. So there is somewhat of a friendly quality to this because Venus is moving in a way that's congruent with these planets and supporting them. So I have said a lot about this in the last few weeks, a lot about this over Instagram. It is an edgy aspect. If you are edgy or anxious, do some deep breathing get grounded. It means you're not grounded. Maybe you're overthinking too much, too much. You know, Mercury's busy with Saturn. And then Mercury is also going to be in conjunct Neptune tomorrow in the morning. And that's a, you know, that's a bit of a needling aspect. Mercury wants answers. And sometimes when we have aspects like this, if we want answers or information, we get edgy waiting for it. Mars and Uranus are an edgy energy. 
Don't throw a temper tantrum. Don't throw a glass across the room. Don't break things. Get grounded and breathe. And the more energy you have in your body, the more breath you take in and breathe in and breathe out. I mean, breathing is the very substance of our lives, okay? Yes, eating too, but breathing. We have to breathe more often than we eat. And breathing is so important. And I'm always reminded to take a breath and always reminded to be still and have the, that breath in the moment. And there's pranayama breathing techniques. You can look them up on the internet, alternate nostril, um, breath of fire. And those are things that can help relieve the edginess of Mars Uranus. So work with this energy. What do you want to push forward? What do you want to achieve? What do you want to make a splash in? Where do you want to take a risk? Think about that. You are in control of this. Don't let like the planets dictate what's happening. Where do you want to where do you want to have an epiphany, a breakthrough? So for me it's like, you know, career stuff. I want to like break through something. So that's because it's in my career house. So very simple. If you don't know your astrological chart, it may be helpful to get a copy online, have a reading with a reputable astrologer, look at your astrological chart and see where these planets are lined up. Where do you have Taurus? If you are a Taurus, you may feel this more strongly than your neighbor who's a Gemini. So just be, just be aware of those things and be aware. And that is one of the keys. When we get involved with outer planets, the more self-aware we are, the more aware we are of the environment, the surroundings, the better off we are going to be. The deeper the awareness, the, the better off, because you had maybe an intuition about these things. Sometimes Uranus comes and it's something we can't control. And it's like, okay, well, I just got to move on. Now I have this new information. I got to just move on with my life. Okay, there are other things going on. Um, Mercury will change signs this week on Thursday, 2.58 a.m. Eastern Time. Mercury will enter Virgo, its favorite sign. And that is one of its favorite places in the Zodiac. And it is moving out of Leo. Boy, it just breezed through Leo two and a half weeks or so. And it's just blowing out of there and moving into uh, its favorite sign. Now, it's good in Virgo. It likes to be in Virgo. It's going to probably be in Virgo a couple weeks. I think it's going to retrograde in Libra in September. But it is really in a place of, um, you know, moving into being very conscientious, detail-oriented, fact-oriented, research-oriented. And that's what Mercury loves, details, details, details. And pulling all together the information to go forward. Yes. And Virgo is good with the planets in Taurus. You know, Mars is going to be in Taurus for a while. And then we are going to, you know, have Mars enter the sign of Gemini on August 20th. So enjoy these Taurus moments, nice and methodical, because once Mars goes into Gemini on August 20th, it's going to be there for a long time because it will retrograde October 30th and go all the way back to eight degrees uh, in mid-January, and then it's going to go forward again. And that means it's going to be in Gemini through January, through February. I think it leaves in March. I think I've said that before here. It leaves in March. So these weeks, enjoy them. The next three weeks of Mars and Taurus, um, 
slow, methodical, focused. Mars will also talk to Saturn. So remember, Uranus is at 18, and then it's in a fixed sign, and then Saturn is in the fixed sign of Aquarius. Mars will square Saturn. So there's, you know, you may have this big epiphany, and then you run into a roadblock a week from now because you're like, oh, I can't expand like I want to. So Mars is sort of caught in that dynamic between the revolutionary and the conservative of Saturn. The yes, I can, and I will, and don't tell me I can't, to Saturn saying, sorry, there are rules you need to obey. And then there's the experience of the square, which is a challenge, and Mars wanting to butt right through that with its bullhorns in Mar in uh, Taurus, and really feeling like it's being stopped, and it might get really aggravated, you know, when a bull kicks and snorts and stuff. And that's with Mars squaring Saturn next Sunday, the 7th. And that's at 3.57 p.m. Eastern Time. So one of the things that's so important about all of this is that, you know, Mars is making all this effort and this energy. And, and you know, Mark is, Mars is about effort and energy. And it's going out of the way of Uranus into Saturn, you know. So Saturn is one of those impeding elements. Have you checked all your details? Have you obeyed the rules? Have you done this with integrity? Or did you try to take shortcuts because Uranus told you you could, you know? So it's the dynamic that we have about the freedom and the independence and the liberty and the revolutionary elements of Uranus then moving into squaring Saturn on Sunday of next week and how that's going to feel being stopped, maybe not being, uh, putting the brakes on or something, not being completely able to revolt the way we'd like to. Um, what else is going on? Well, right now there's other nice things happening today on the 31st. It is the sun trining Jupiter. Well, there's an explosion. There's Mars Uranus. Um, <laughs> the sun is trining Jupiter. And that's a very pleasant aspect. The sun is in Leo, Jupiter is in Aries. This is very lovely. It's an opening, it's an opportunity. So one of the opportunities that may be afforded to you during this edgy period, maybe there's some way out of it. Maybe there's some way forward. Maybe it's encouraging you to take a risk. This is fire energy. Sun's in Leo, yeah. Sun is in Leo and only, only in just in Leo in the last, you know, week or so. So this is, this is really good. This is like happy, you know, thriving sun, Jupiter energy. And we look forward to this. It happens a couple times a year where the sun and Jupiter meet in this opening aspect, giving us opportunity. So there's things to see. There's things to laugh about. There's joy and abundance. There's um, the pressure released of yesterday's Mercury Saturn, there's the open heart, the openness of the heart and the experience of, uh, having a great vision and opening to that vision and connecting to the vision and wishing for something big and grand. And that's good. And if that hopefully can fuel this aspect that we're having tomorrow and give you an idea that you want to push forward on. So that's another another very positive aspect. Um, the other thing is that later in the week on Friday, um, we're going to have the moon in Scorpio. Now, 
the moon in Scorpio. Well, that's always mysterious, right? And it's always deep and sensitive. But remember something about the moon in Scorpio. The moon in Scorpio um, is going to, at some point, reach the south node, okay? And when it reaches the south node, which is in Scorpio, it will do this once every four weeks. The moon will come around, sit on the south node in Scorpio, and then move on you know, throughout the rest of the sign and into the next sign, Sagittarius. So Friday, I can tell you it's going to reach the south node sometime later in the day um, because Uranus is at the north node. So that means the moon in Scorpio is going to oppose Uranus, oppose Mars, and oppose that whole configuration that's sitting right there in Taurus that we're dealing with tomorrow and the next couple days. Moon in Scorpio. Now, if you pay close attention to this, this means, and this could be something else, because even though we're having the aspect tomorrow, there's a trigger coming in. Now, yes, Venus makes nice with them on Tuesday, but then there's this thing going to the south node. And so what is that? Well, the moon is now, last month we had this too, you know, Uranus was stopped at 18 and it's slowing down and sitting at 18 and then, you know, the moon came in and sat at the south node. Mars wasn't quite there yet though. So now moon comes in and talks to both Mars and Uranus, only a few hours apart, about, you know, four hours, four and a half hours apart. And that's a something. So I don't think that this energy is going to dissipate after tomorrow. If you sit there tomorrow night or Tuesday morning saying, oh, shoot, I should have done that. That would have been a great thing to do, and I don't have the energy for it anymore. No, fear not. Just do it, okay? And then the moon is going to come in and sort of, you know, say, yes, yes, this is the right thing to do. Or yes, here's what we're, we're throwing out. The Mars Uranus could be this energy of newness. The moon in Scorpio is what's, what's falling away at the south node. Now, if you remember my podcast from three weeks ago, you'll remember that I found a dead snake in my couch (laughs) when the moon was in Scorpio at the south node opposite Uranus. And this is an even more potent thing because Mars is going to be with Uranus. So I'm going to keep an eye on my door and make sure it's closed, make sure the windows are sealed, and try not to allow any more slithery reptiles in my house to die and me find them later. (laughs) Because certainly the moon in Scorpio Uh, this is even more potent than it was a few weeks ago. So whatever happened for you three weeks ago, and by the time we hit Friday, it will be four weeks ago, you know, think about what happened in July, like the second week in July. What was it for you? I bet something happened somewhere along the line. Something, someone, a conversation, a dialogue, an interaction, because the nodes are about relationships. The relationship from one to the other, now it doesn't mean a personal, close, intimate relationship. It could mean something at, you know, one part of your life, the relationship, the opposite relationship. Maybe, you know, you're a person like me where you have the North Node, all this business going on in your 10th house. Well, the opposite is the fourth house. So that was in my home, that thing that happened um, in the couch, in the home, in the living room where I live in the home. So look at where Scorpio is in your chart. Where could Scorpio be releasing something, something from the past, something that's old, some old dynamic that's no longer useful for you? 
you are a Scorpio, it could be that you are being encouraged to not be self-indulgent or um, holding on to too many things from your history. Remember, the South Node is where old habits die hard. So it's where we want to let go of the old habits, the things we obsess about. Scorpio is often a little obsessive, possessive, controlling. Things you can't control, sometimes you're just going to have to let them go and release them. And that is the beauty of seeing it when the moon goes to the south node. Now, eclipses are when, you know, the moon and the sun are both connected to the nodes. And this is not that. We won't have eclipses for a few months. But Uranus being at the north node is a very interesting dynamic with this Scorpio energy at the south node with the moon. So pay attention to where things go on Friday into Saturday. And it's really, it really is Friday, you know, Eastern time, 5.13 p.m. And then that's when it really is at that south node opposing Uranus. And the moon moves quickly, so then it will oppose Mars at 9.38 p.m. Eastern time, Friday. So this is, this is interesting. This is a lot of dynamics with the moon, the emotions, the daily life, the experience of, you know, that intensity that Scorpio desires. And then finally, the moon will square Saturn in Aquarius at 11.46 p.m. Eastern time. So remember, we're still dealing with the dynamic between Uranus and Saturn. Who will square one more time, not exactly, but just about, almost exactly, as they did three times last year. And that will be later this year. So we're not, we're not dealing with that right now. And then we have Sunday the 7th, we have Venus trining Neptune. And that's a beautiful aspect. And trines are always opportunities. They're sensitive. They're um, open. They are a, a, just a smooth flowing experience of feelings and emotions in this case because it's Venus. And Venus is in Cancer and Neptune's in Pisces. And the water element really works well with this aspect because we like open and flowing. And this is really the dynamic with Venus and Neptune. It's, you know, that we've got the Sun Jupiter today, we've got Venus Neptune next week. So in the midst of all of this, what could potentially be chaos, we are getting some very supportive, lovely, beautiful aspects. So we're being told and reminded to have gratitude, to be appreciative of what we have and to open to beauty and be open to vision and intuition. Venus, Neptune, trining in water signs really opens up the intuition, the third eye, pineal gland. And it's a great aspect to do meditation. It's a great aspect to get into your senses, allow messages to flow through you, intuition to flow through you. So that's really positive with Venus and Neptune. And then in the background of everything, and I want to take a few minutes and talk about this, is Pluto. And Pluto, Pluto's just marching along in Capricorn. Pluto is, you know, in Capricorn. But when it goes direct in October, and I mean, I know that's a couple months away, but still, uh, it's going to start moving towards its entry into the sign of Aquarius. And I want to take some time to talk about this because all I keep hearing from people at least once a week is the world's really crazy right now, right? The world's really turned upside down. Things are really like crazy. And I don't know if you've heard things, but it's really nuts out there right now. 
And people keep telling me that, you know, the world is falling apart. The world is crazy. The world is... Well, welcome to Pluto at the end of a sign. The last time we experienced something like this was 2008. And that's when Pluto left Sagittarius and entered Capricorn. And this is what happens when outer planets, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, enter a new sign for the first time. And then, you know, they often do a retrograde, like in Pluto's case, definitely there's a retrograde, it will go back into Capricorn, it's actually going back into Capricorn in 2024. So we've got this, this two year period of getting used to Pluto going into a new sign, Aquarius. Now, when an outer planet leaves a sign, especially Pluto, leaves a sign and goes into something new, it represents an ending, a death of something, a, a, like a finishing up of a cycle, because it's been here, like I said, since 2008. That's really a long time. And when we look at these things and we experience them firsthand, we start looking at the world. It's like, yeah, the world is crazy. The world is. But if people are starting to come to me now already, before Pluto is even direct and headed towards Aquarius, I'm like, oh, what's it going to be like in December and January when we start getting into like Pluto getting ready to go in Aquarius, you know, in the early part of next year? Wow. That means people are already feeling it. People are already feeling Pluto going to make this big shift. And Pluto sticks a toe in the water bearer's sign and then pulls it back into the sign of the goat and and we start to see the rumblings of change and when there is a big huge movement such as this it means the collective unconscious is shift is shifting gears and ending a cycle and beginning a new one and people inherently unconsciously unconsciously don't like endings it's what I studied what we call death anxiety. And it means we are in this place of a big change again. And the experience of this big change is frightening on a certain level because they're the rumblings of this. And Aquarius is, you know, ruled by Uranus. So Pluto will enter the sign and then speak directly to Uranus. It's been speaking to Saturn because Saturn rules Capricorn. We've sort of mellowed into that we were like okay rules regulations structure government patriarchy and then there's no holds barred we're going wild here with pluto going into aquarius which is ruled by uranus so this level of instability is starting to surface already i'm hearing people starting to talk about this now when we've seen the world in better in better times and worse times there's always been something if you look at history there's always a war somewhere there's always something somewhere and i don't think this time is any crazier than you know what it might have been 50 years ago or 60 years ago or whenever you know my mother used to tell us that you know she grew up during world war ii and she said that every day they thought the world was going to end and could you imagine that for years, every day, because they didn't know what was going to happen because it was so intense. All these countries were involved. The whole world was involved. Every day, they thought the world was going to end. And, you know, when you're a young person, that's what it looks like to you. Maybe if you were 60 years old at that time, you would have been like, the world's not going to end. I've been through a couple of wars. I've seen worse. This is, you know, it's another, it's bad, but it's not going to end. And 
you know, it's another one. When I'm starting to hear people say this to me, I'm like, okay, you know, it's no crazier than any other time, but people are already sniffing out Pluto going into Aquarius. And that's the first sign of this. So we're going to watch some topsy-turvy energy. We're going to get some real, real uh, events happening. We're going to watch some things change. And remember, when Pluto went from Sag to uh, Capricorn, there was the whole subprime mortgage crisis, the financial crisis, the all the Ponzi schemes coming out. And that was a big deal, but that's Capricorn. So the dark quality of the new sign comes out first, and then we start to get into the routine of having it in that sign. So we're going to see some stuff with Aquarius. Think about Aquarius. Think about it, what it means to you. And then you'll start to understand what it means to have that transformational planet present there. And that's it for now. I'm going to talk about that over the next months. It's going to be one of those things that's an ongoing change. Pluto will be in Aquarius for 20 years. And I've never seen that before. So this is going to be all new. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Deb McBride. My Instagram is available for you to look at where I make videos and make offers and have lots of information during the week as we're feeling through these aspects every day. It's The Golden Astrologer. My website is thegoldenastrologer.com. If you'd like to book a session, you could go to book online. You can also listen to past uh, episodes of my podcast. You can read my blog. And you can also find me um, here every Sunday, The Golden Astrologer podcast, where I do it early evening where I am. And you can always write to me and ask me if you have questions or you want to know more about my work. I do Reiki work, which is fifth dimension Lemurian Reiki. I do astrology and I have a holographic scaling system where I use to clear emotional clearings, do emotional clearings. And my email is deb at debmcbride.com or info at thegoldenastrologer.com. Gratitude to each and every one of you. We'll have things to talk about next week and this week on Instagram about Mars and Uranus. Have a beautiful week. Thank you for listening.